Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. How's it going, Larry? Uh, everything is great, Eric. How is everything with you? Things are going well. You know, um, I'm very done. I am in the final scene of Hillsborough Road as we speak. Nice. nice. It's so bittersweet finishing a project. You know, it's like, man... It's done. I know we're both working on a lot of stuff, but I want to get to something, Larry. Earlier yeah. this year, my mom told me about a show she was watching called The Way Home. And I figured, you know what? Yeah, 90% of what I watch is horror movies. The other 4% is professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Then it's Hallmark movies and Simpsons reruns. Yes. So I finally had time to watch the show. And if I had to describe the show to someone, it would be Gilmore Girls meets Back to the Future, which, again, yeah. two of my favorite things in the whole world. And right. <laughs> one night about a week ago, I was like, you know what? I have a podcast. I, I have a career. I'm going to try to get one of the people on the show. And the first one that popped in my head was the young version of the mom played by Alexis Cook. I didn't think the agent was going to get back to me. But then the next day, it was like, whoa, she got back to me and wanted an episode. So I sent over some episodes. And 10 minutes later, I was expecting never email us again. But right. no, the the... To her credit, the Alexis was like, yeah, this is cool. I want to be on. And we have her on the show right now. How's it going, Alexis? Uh, it's great. I'm so sorry. It's Alex. But Alex, I am so <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> it's all the same. You can call me Alex, Alexi. I'm just, honestly, I'm a little starstruck and a little nervous. <laughs> That's why I'm stumbling over my words. That's totally fine. Um, thank you so much for having me. I, I just want to say that first and foremost. Thank you. I appreciate it. Excellent. Excellent. Alex, uh, what, man, where did we start? Normally what we like to do, you know, with, with everybody is, is talk about how they got started and, and how you ended up on your TV show. So give us a little bit of background because you've been working at a, at a young age mm -hmm. in the industry, right? Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, are you, you're out of Canada, right? In Canada, in Toronto. You're, you're in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I know what it's like in LA and I would imagine it's different in New York. Uh, what's it like growing up in Toronto as an actress starting at such a young age? Well, um, you definitely need a very strong support system. Um, the acting industry definitely doesn't favor the you know Canadian side of things as, as much as it does the American. Um, that's mm -hmm. just the nature of the business. That's the way it works. So of course you have to really grind tooth and nail to try to get yourself jobs, exposure, um, you know, get, get in front of cameras and casting directors and all that. So yeah. the way I did that growing up was first get an agent. Um, that's kind of the, you know, no matter where you are in the world, you need an agent. And yeah. I always thank my parents for my acting career because they were the ones very early on in my, um, you know, in my life, they said, you know what, try 
soccer, try hockey, try dance, try gymnastics, try acting, and let's see what sticks. And so acting was one of the ones that I really, really enjoyed. And so kind of from that point onward, I think I was about seven years old when I booked my first project. And from then on, I've just been, you know, sticking it out and, and keep auditioning and hopefully keep booking things. And what yeah. was your first project? First project was actually a laundry detergent commercial for an American laundry detergent brand. Um, I don't even think it's around anymore. So I, I guess the commercial wasn't that good. But <laughs> I, I started with that. And then a lot of my early days, I actually did a lot with um, the Disney, the Canadian equivalent of the Disney Channel called Family Channel. Mm-hmm. And likewise, the Canadian version of Nickelodeon called YTV. So I did a lot of commercials and spots for them when I was eight, nine, 10. Um, but then my, my biggest project, I guess the, the one that really kind of solidified my acting career for me was with Nickelodeon when I was about 15 years old. And yes. that was I Frankie, correct? Yes, I am Frankie. Exactly. I am Frankie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, I watched and, and, a few episodes of that because again, you know, the way home is what hooked me in. But I've always enjoyed youth culture, and when I was in film school, I wanted to get into the Nickelodeon fellowship or the Disney fellowship in the worst way. So I would marathon those shows with my niece and nephews. And yours came out in that period right after I Carly and Victorious when they were really experimenting with different concepts for shows. It was more of the sci-fi-ish angles, which was your show. Yeah, exactly that. And I think it was kind of, as you mentioned, iCarly and Victorious, those were weaning off a little bit. So I, I think this was the new generation of Nickelodeon that they were trying to push. And exactly as you said, it was a very different concept. You don't often see sci-fi and science and um, some of the concepts they played with too were a little bit more mature but yet dumbed down in a way that children mm-hmm. could yeah, for kids. Yeah. Yeah, and, and understand and it, it went very well and I mean I I had a phenomenal ex- phenomenal experience filming the show um, we only got two seasons but you know that's the way the business works yeah yeah yeah, yeah. enjoyed it <laughs> How many, how many episodes did you do and what did you learn from, because, and this may sound like a weird question, but a lot of, a lot of our listeners, right. I'd like to think, want to, to find out about that experience of, of being a working actor and what that really entails, because a lot of people, you know, they show up to LA, they, they watch like entertainment tonight, they watch all the entertainment shows and they go, oh man, this is going to be so cool when I just step off the bus and when I get out there. And then they realize that you have to wake up, you know, and when you're doing a movie, you got to wake up at four, be on the set at five, six mm-hmm. to get you know, makeup and hair done and and the amount of work that goes into actually putting in the actor work. So um, how many episodes did you do of I Am Frankie? Of I'm, yeah, I Am Frankie. And then what did you learn from the first episode 
to the the ending episodes or the ending season? So I filmed 20 episodes in season one and then another 20 episodes in season two. Wow. I think, I mean, there's so many things you learn even day to day, let alone season to season and month to month. Um, I think the biggest takeaway is communication with people of different backgrounds, um, expertise, experience levels. And I think it's able to, it takes a skill to find common ground with people that maybe right off the bat, you don't think you have much in common with, but Mm -hmm. the show brought together people from so many different places in the world, so many different ages, so many different experience levels, whether that be, you know, time on set or other projects they worked on or, or whatever. And you're all brought together for one common goal. And so our ability to really just embrace the differences and kind of develop relationships with people who were, uh, seemed very different from you at first, um, that was a really, really big, important learning experience for me. And I was relatively young. I was 15 years old and some of my castmates were in their twenties, you know, Mm, so I had to play, uh, for example, my best friend in the show, she was early twenties. So how do you sell to people that a 15 year old and a 21 year old are best friends? (laughs) Well, it, it extends to the relationships that exist beyond the set. And so that was really important that you, you know, make those relationships. You're nice to everyone. Um, and it, yeah, because you can't really fake anything on TV as much as it is acting. It's also, there's some truth to it. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. And and I do know, and it is worth noting, um, you, re, you, you are an award winner. Right. It's young. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you know the 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 thing is about that, and I think every because it's really important that everybody that that I know that we talk to, and when I was doing the acting thing, it's weird because yeah, you know, you you want to talk about yourself, but you don't want to be boastful, and you don't want to say this, you don't want to say that. But on the other hand, I think you and much as me as much as eric we're our biggest cheerleaders and and i think i think winning any award at this point in 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 a career is a feat unto itself and so um what award was that and how old were you i was if it's the one you're talking about i was young um I can't even remember exactly how old unfortunately I couldn't attend the award ceremony but it was for <laughs> best actress in a, a tv commercial commercial yeah um, and that was for what I think again is so many years ago and I I'm, I wish I yeah. knew all that stuff, yeah. but um I think it was for one of the spots that I did for the family channel cool that's yeah, cool that would have been the one that's very cool. Um, and let me ask you this before we get into um, your new series that you're on. As an actor, this may be a weird question. Does it feel that you've lived so many different lives up until this point? Uh, the easy answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, um, if I were to sit here right now and reflect back on my life, I would sort of bucket it into 
both education and my acting projects. Yeah. So it would be in the early years, um, elementary school. And then okay. high school, I am Frankie sort of overlapped. And then we have university, the way home overlapped. And then here I am now. So yes, I yeah. I would say that my life is divided into the other smaller lives that I lived within it. <laughs> that's very cool. Very cool. And that's um, really the way everyone <laughs> does it. You know, I know athletes look at it as the season, you know, the 87 season, what was going on then and reflecting on that. So you then your start in Hollywood Hallmark came a little bit earlier than The Way Home. You were in one of their movies, correct? Yes. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. So that was the Nutcracker Christmas. Um, that's your classic Christmas Hallmark movie. I had a very small role in it. I just appear in the first 10 or so minutes. Uh, but yes, you're exactly right. And I I actually almost forgot that I did do work <laughs> when I booked The Way Home. Yeah. So I, I made that connection after I already booked the project with The Way Home because it, not because it wasn't important to me at all, but it's just you oftentimes can't remember how many people are involved in projects just because it, oh, yeah. it takes yeah. a village. And after one project is done, you kind of just look on to the next one and, you know, right. you have to hide in what you did and then you leave it behind you and, you know, next steps, what can I do moving forward? So yeah. it was kind of funny when I, when I booked the way home and I thought, oh my gosh, you know what? I have worked for Hallmark in the past. <laughs> That's so interesting. It's always interesting for me to hear the actor's side, like when Larry talks about stuff, because I've always been behind the camera and I remember on shorts that I would do, one of our younger actresses was done with us. She was wrapped and she was going right to the next thing that she booked. And it's just amazing to me. And I'm in awe of actors, how they're able to, boom, okay, I'm playing a hitman in this movie. Then I got to go <laughs> down the road and play a, a dad raising two kids on his own. Yeah. Now, what's so interesting about Hallmark, like you said, that I love so much is they know their formula. Mm -hmm. They know what their fans like. And I love that they cater to them. You know, you're never going to get a, tra a real horrible, horrible, catastrophic <laughs> tragedy in a Hallmark movie because their audience would hate that. It's like for you all, for our Canadian listeners, if Tim Hortons changed their recipe for coffee that would be a problem because their consumer base is so used to it and what i'm loving so much about the way home is again it is back to the future beats gilmore girls and i will die on that hill when i describe the show to someone but they don't really do that much episodic stuff it's that i know it's you guys and chesapeake bay I don't know of any other episodic shows that they do. Yeah, you're right. I think Hallmark having that formula be so successful for them almost opened this door to try to rewrite the formula slightly yeah. to see if they can yeah. try to find success in a slightly different area. Um, yeah. They do. There is a lot of Hallmark flavor in The Way Home, and that's mm -hmm. evident when you watch it. And that's what again, makes it so hallmark and so successful. 
but it is slightly different in some of the, mm -hmm. yes. the tone and the language and the acting and the writing. Um, yeah. And I think that's also what draws people in as well is you have your loyal Hallmark watcher and then you are also able to get some new watchers to, to come see the show too. For yeah. our listeners who have never watched the show, um, tell them what it's about. Because I know I've been saying what I think, but you know, we kind of have someone on the from the show who I think could do a better job of it. Yeah. So basically, the way home it it follows three generations of women. So the one being the oldest, who is Del Landry, played by Annie McDowell. The middle is Kat Landry, played by Kyler Lay. And then there's the youngest, who's the daughter. Um, she, I always, we're such good friends that I always forget which one's her character name. Um, <laughs> Alice plays, is played by Sadie Snow. Um, so Sadie okay. and I worked very closely on set and me being the younger version of her mother, we had a lot of scenes together. So the reason that is a little bit confusing is because the thing about The Way Home is there's a channel for which the younger, the youngest girl, Alice, can travel back to the past and become friends with her mother at a younger age. So it follows those three generations and kind of shows you a glimpse into what could have been if you were able to be friends with your mom or meet your mom. Would you understand her on a deeper level? Would you be friends with her? Would you butt heads? Um, so it allows a lot of people to kind of go into that relationship, even though in their personal lives, that's not an opportunity any normal person yeah. would have. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, one one thing that when I was watching it, it, it really brings up a really good point. And I think, I think no matter how old you are, I think once you get maybe your your mid twenties into your thirties, you start looking back on things, mm -hmm. and I think I think that's one of those shows where where obviously Back to the Future is all kinds of cool stuff going on, but there's no real connection between our life and like Marty's life. But with with what you guys do, there is something and it taps into it makes me think about like my life and where I was at that point you know and and if I ever could watch my parents get together I'd be like oh my god no no and 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 not only that and I this I don't think this is a spoiler but they're even just casually watching it it's you have that implication of do you change your history by being in the past? So it's it's really good. And the you the the team that you guys have, writers and directors and producers have done a really, really excellent job at putting that together and bringing that out so I because I was I was watching I was like I was talking to this guy I'm like oh my god this can't happen she can't <laughs> she can't this can't happen so it's really good I must say it's really good oh thank you and I even showed it to my friends and my family of course and exactly as you mentioned kind of the reactions you have 
they had similar ones too. And I loved sitting next to them because I, I mean, I know what happens. Um, yeah. Sitting next to them on the couch and just watching the genuine reactions to everything that's playing out. And it's a combination of either tears or happiness or disgust or at the end of every episode, they love to leave things off with a cliffhanger. Yeah. And so it always you know, jaw dropped and turned to me and go, what happens? <laughs> I, can't, I can't say anything. <laughs> I wanted to know, it is a period piece. It is set in 1999. Now, when we made our horror movie, it was set in the 80s. So I had, I'm a 90s kid. I was a teenager then. So I had to help the kids, the young adults in our movie understand the period what was it like for you know the younger cast did you guys have to like learn as much as you could about the 90s because the one scene that cracked me up was the AOL scene and you know just the whole thing about the <laughs> dial-up modem and all the horrible memories that brought back to me like did you know what a dial-up modem was going into the show no no I didn't <laughs> uh, I had to do a lot of research basic research but I had to do research um into what people did for fun in the 90s that was kind of a big thing so I'm sorry it's this totally like there was no cell phone really to the same extent yeah. as now so you wouldn't catch her scrolling on social media on her bedroom so it was really a matter of me first understanding okay what does she do for fun what makes her happy um, why does she find these activities happy, like going outside, hanging out with friends, going to the movies, um, yeah. reading a magazine, listening to the radio? Yeah. So those are some of the simple things that I, I definitely had to make sense of. And then the outfits were also just <laughs> so fun. And I think in the 90s, something different about the 90s versus youth in the present is that they would exemplify their personalities in what the clothes in the clothes they wore and the accessories they had, which we don't do as much. Um, so she would, you know, she was a very bubbly, friendly, outgoing girl, and that's reflected in her ten earrings and rings, <laughs> colorful jewelry and clothes. Um, so I, I went through a lot of '90s magazines as well, just to kind of to look through the outfits. Yeah. And, yeah. So awesome. Um, Larry, we've been friends for over 25 years. I used to have spiky hair, hair, nothing but earring. I was a total punk rock kid. Yeah. So yeah. now, what's so interesting to me is like what you just said. You have grown up in what is called a polyculture where everybody has their own thing that they're into, but you learning about the monoculture, because it was when teenagers then, everybody pretty much watched the same thing. And even if you weren't watching Friends, you knew what was happening in Friends. So it's just so interesting to me to hear you talk about that, because the way we would find out about stuff was through TRL on MTV or what right. much TV is, I believe you're the Canadian version of TRL. So hearing someone say they had to learn about my exactly. adolescence is just, so, oh <laughs> God, I, I'm old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm vintage. 
Um, and uh, the music I, is one other cool thing is all the episodes are named after songs from the 90s. And I just thought that was such a cool little thing to add to it. And when you think about it, the title of the song does go along with the episode in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that was a, a neat little added thing, too. Does does being on this show give you a, a new perspective on like you know, people in their like late thirties, in their forties, because of how, how they grew up and because of how the, the era that you're playing, does it, do you look at things a little bit differently than you would if you haven't or hadn't been on the show? Yeah, I would say it's a combination of working on the show, but also just my age right now. So I'm 21. And as you mentioned, once you get to your twenties, you kind of have a little bit more appreciation for the finer things in life and your relationships with your parents and your family and your friends. And so just all of that combined, um, I tend to do a little bit more reflection and a little bit, I have more gratitude for kind of what I have and maybe what my parents didn't or maybe what they worked for that now comes so naturally to me. Um, So there's definitely a lot more appreciation for that. And I think it was a combination of working on the way home and being exposed to the vast differences between the decades, but also kind of just me growing in my own personal life and, and sort of that, that combination and and where those intersect, I would say that, yes, I, I have changed my mindset a little bit. Because again, at 21, you're able to start being nostalgic about things you liked when you were younger. Because when you're in your teens, you have nothing to be, I don't want to sound rude to our younger listeners, but you don't have, you're not able to be nostalgic about stuff yet. But the second you hit your 20s, then it's like, yeah, man, things were much better back when I was 15. Living at home. Yeah. With the younger cast members, did you get to spend time with the older version of yourself to kind of learn mannerisms and to get to know them so you can portray that? Yeah, so there were conversations that were had between the younger versions and the older versions, and not just me and Kyler, because there's other um, younger, older couples as well. And they all talked about, okay, how do we think this character is going to be portrayed? What are some physical mannerisms, just thoughts? What are some of their their background and stuff like that? Kyler and I didn't have as much of a conversation like that only because I think the importance of our characters was to emphasize the difference between us and the contrast as opposed to the similarities. I think the writing and just the way we look in itself would convince people that we're the same person, but it's important that viewers really understood that, wow, we are the same person, but so much has happened in our life that internally we have changed. So old cat is so, so, so much different than young cat. And maybe she's lost that little bit of youthful spark because of X, Y, Z, Um, But that just makes her all the more relatable. So I think it was important to us that we emphasize a little bit more of the contrast. Mm -hmm. And it it shows, it it does come through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Quick actor question. Um, 
what was it like going through the interview process or audition process rather um for did and did you know that you were going for the lead or did you go did you read for a different role and they put you in this one what was that like yeah, so I first auditioned um, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and I I got the role, and it says that I was playing the younger version of X, of Kat Landry, who was not, or I don't know, to my understanding, wasn't necessarily cast at the time or wasn't confirmed, so I never got any sort of visual guidance as to what she looks like or who she is or, or nothing. Um, so I, it was a completely blind cast and audition for me at least. So they said, you're playing the younger version of someone, but we're not going to really tell you what she looks like. You just <laughs> show us what you think we want to see. So wow. I submitted a tape just as you know, most auditions are now. Um, and then that was it. It was only one tape. That's all I had to do. There was no callback. There was no wow. second, third in person. There was none of that. Um, they gave me a call and they said, we'd like to hire you, offer you the part and wow. start filming in two weeks. <laughs> wow. You know, that just means to me, and I don't know, you know, if you're familiar with X-Files, but I'm always, I, I always like am in awe of the fact that, you know, when they say, I don't really know what we're looking for, but when we see it in an actor or actress, there's something about it, that'll be it. And, and really that just tells me that, oh, this may sound, you were just spot on. And mm -hmm. that's, that, that's an amazing thing to be able to do is, especially doing a, a, uh, a self-tape. And, yeah. and to be able to do that. And so congratulations. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Thank it's, you, thank you. It's really a testimony to what a great actress you are and also yeah. was, what a kind person you are. You know, from the brief interactions we're having right now, it really comes off that when you're dedicated to your craft and you care about it, I think a lot of people get into acting because they yeah. want to be famous and acting is the avenue they choose. But from your work that I've seen, your parts, you never play the same character twice. No. You know, you are, you're always looking to up your game a lot. And that's so amazing. So the show, it got picked up for a second season, which congratulations on that. What's been, because I know I've seen other interviews with you, what's been the response right now from people and from Hallmark themselves? What is it like being on a, a second hit show? You know, you're two for two so far. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's been absolutely amazing. Like, I'm just so grateful for every opportunity I have. And as you mentioned, yeah, you, I mean, you can't be doing this for what could be, you know, the fame or the fortune or whatever. It's it's not about that. You really have to fall in love with the process and the work itself. And I am so in love with it. So the, you know, how well the show does is kind of secondary. I mean, it's very important because you want people to respond well. Um, but in terms of, you know, how I mark a project as successful or not it's whether I learned anything had fun um, enjoyed the people around me and became a better actor in person because of it 
And this show absolutely checked that box. Um, but people also responded very well. So that's a, a bonus in itself. Um, I know we hit some records, like second most watched cable television show. Um, oh gosh, on a, I think it was on, a, on Sundays. Wow. And yeah, you'll have to fact check me on that one. Um, but we got some pretty, we reached some pretty big heights with the show. I know we got a few million viewers per episode, which is also crazy to think about. Um, with streaming, I know it's hard to quantify that as, as well, yeah. but yeah, people seem to really, really like it. And, you know, and, and why wouldn't they? I mean, I had a good time. Right. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A cozy show in a lot of ways. And what's so great about it is there's a lot of stuff nowadays that you, <laughs> excuse me, you can't really gather with your family and watch it. But this show, it's like a perfect show for mothers and daughters. I can see really bonding over it and, you know, all of that stuff. It's like the, it's a Sunday dinner show. You know, yeah. after Sunday dinner, you go into the living room and watch it. And I I watched it streaming. But when the second season picks up, I will be, you know, DVRing it every Sunday after football watching it. <laughs> Yeah, I, because of the three generations, I think you're totally right that there's a character for everyone, regardless yeah. of what yeah. stage of life or what age you have that character in the show that you can relate to. And then there's the other characters as well that you can be nostalgic about. Like, oh, I, I was like Alice when I was 15. And I was like Kat when I was, you know, raising a teenager. <laughs> and and then I was like Dell, or maybe I'm going to be like Dell once yeah. you know, all my kids moved out. So yeah. yeah, I relate to Elliot in so many ways. It's like ridiculous. He's <laughs> Other, you know, he's a, out of the guy characters, he's my favorite and the one I relate to most. Yeah. And yeah. he's such yeah. a tragic in a lot of ways because finding out everything that's like what happened, he says it in an episode, since I was 15, I knew what was going to happen to me. And just yeah. seeing his growth and, you know, like cheering him on in a lot of ways, it's just been so much fun. Yeah, he's definitely a complicated character for sure. And um, he played it so well, so, so well. His name's Evan and he's just- a Yes, phenomenal. exactly. He's, he's a great actor. And I, I do have to say all the actors and, and actresses on the show are really, really good. Really good. There's not one where I would be like, oh man, come on. That's not, it got to do better. But they really did good. The casting and the producers really did good. So, it's yeah. so great ensemble because you all feel like, you know, you can tell you all like and care about each other. It's got a great family feel to it. Yeah, definitely for sure. You know, there's it's unfortunate, not maybe not unfortunate, but I love talking like the actor specific stuff, right? Because, mm -hmm. because I think on the outside when people see that and they go, I want to do that. And again, it goes back to, to, um, to uh, what, what that looks like to people, right? What, what your career trajectory has looked like, but even more importantly, what goes into being on a show day in, day out, week in, week out, um, 
I, and there is not enough time in the world to cover that, but I would like to extend the opportunity if you would like to come in and really talk about the process. And because I think there's a lot of things out there that kind of sell the dream. And, and I would like to talk about the dream and how to put it in motion and what to kind of expect from it. You know, have a realistic view of your dream because, you know, any, and that's, that's the big thing about being an actor, being, going to, going to Hollywood, going to New York, living, you know, in Canada and Toronto, because there's so many different opportunities that I think people aren't aware of um, because they just don't know. And so um, I care about that stuff a lot, I think. <laughs> But but like to have you back on for sure and and talk about the actor stuff if you don't mind. So yeah. Yeah, uh, you're totally right. It's not a glamorous job by any means. It really isn't. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. think it's all fun and games. So like, you know, your call time on set, I have to be there 30 minutes earlier than everybody. So you can get there at, you wait, you start at five. So you can start rolling at 10 to be done by 12. You know, the, people don't understand acting and working in the film industry is all about hurry up and wait. Oh yeah. yeah. Now we need that. We should have talked about this at the top. You are in Canada, obviously. So you're not under SAG specifically. So you are not on strike. I just want to make she's not going to get in trouble for that. We do support, we support, you know, our brothers and sisters and SAG. I'm not in any of the guilds, but we support them and they deserve what they're getting. What mm -hmm. guild, if any, are you under in Canada? I'm under the, uh, basically the Canadian equivalent, which is called ACTRA. So it's not SAG-AFTRA, but it's pretty much the exact same. Okay, okay. We should have put that at the top. But again, I was nervous. I've been telling everybody, Alex Hook has been coming on. But for some reason, I said Alexis Hook. I don't know what's yeah, wrong better. with me. It's all like, the there's only been a few times on the show that I've been a fan of someone having them come on. It's like Lance Archer, a professional wrestler. Oh, yeah. And Daniel Benedict, who, <clears throat> who I'm now friends with. So I was a little nervous. We know you don't have that much time. And we just want to thank you again so much for coming on the show and talking about your work and all of that. So, but I do have do want to do two things since again, you were not well again. Thank you oh, so much for coming on. Like we say, you know, I'm gonna wait, change. Eric, wait, 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 wait. I I, I do have a, a quick question. Alex, do you know? Um, so when you're going into production for the next season? Well, originally we were supposed to start in August um, with the strikes. I think there's a few things that are delayed now, so I don't even know. Um, but hopefully within a few months from now, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, you know, we, I'm going to end this show in two ways. Remember, everybody, support our troops, but also 
support our friends and family members, because even though we don't know them, we might not know all of them personally, SAG and people in the Writers Guild are the backbone of this industry. Without writers, there'd be nothing for actors to do. And it's time that the studio heads learn that AI is a threat. You know, we didn't fear Napster when we should have but we definitely need to do something about this AI. I mean, have you not seen the Terminator movies? This does not end well, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Thank you again, Alex, for coming on. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.